Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Central Texas Life with Ann Harder. Hello, everybody. Ann Harder here with you. You know, we're in the midst of the season, the Christmas season, and there are so many traditional sights and sounds and flavors that we enjoy. And one of the first things that comes to my mind is Fruitcake. There we go. When we're talking about <laughs> Christmas. And so it is a beloved treat, at least at my house. Um, and it's so and wonderful to have Hayden Crawford here with us, who is a vice president of public relations, one of the partners correct, correct. at the Collins Street, Street Bakery in Corsicana, of course, for 126 years. 126. You've been baking uh, these amazing, delicious cakes. And we're looking at them. They're right here on the table in front of you. Um, about a million pounds a year, right? About a million pounds a year. Um, we'll make most of that in the last quarter of, of the year. So we're making... It's a little bit of a seasonal... It's very seasonal. Mm-hmm. It's very seasonal. We sell some uh, during the off-season. Um, we'll make a few cakes this week and a few cakes next week. And then we lean into it hard in uh, October, November, and December. And we'll be making up to 20,000 cakes a day, hand-decorated. It's and... Amazing. We, I had the chance to be there in uh, in the bakery, shot some video, and on my Traveling Texas segment, it will air on uh, December 20th, Tuesday evening, we'll show behind the scenes of making some of these great treats. In fact, I think we've got some of the pecan brittle, saw that saw that being poured out on a marble slab, and, and just the, the way you've done it. a on a marble slab. And that, right, and the, the copper kettle is really an antique itself, yeah. Thomas uh, McNutt was telling me that. I, I interviewed him because you weren't feeling well. Right, you were going right. to be doing the interview with me. Well, when we first were chatting about setting up uh, this story, and of course, my traveling Texas segments for KXXV Twenty Five News are just—they're just fun. You know, they're fun yeah. pieces. But as a news reporter, I certainly well remember back in 2013 yeah. a major story involving the Collins Street Bakery, and that was the embezzlement of what we later learned to be up close to $17 million. Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. And when we were setting this story up, I thought, you know, I don't, I don't know what, you know, what you'd be willing to talk about, that kind of thing, because it's been 10 years now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, look, we learn from our mistakes, uh, but we don't hide anything about it. We, we have a family-run business, yes, you as do. you know. Uh, you were you're there, and you saw it, and you feel it. And he was 
uh, this embezzler, Sandy, was part of our family, and we trusted him wholeheartedly. He had worked five years for you and yes. not done a thing. Not you had thing. no suspicion. And, and further than that, we had been around for 100 years, and our previous um, finance guys, we'd had two of them, uh, had worked for us for 50 years plus, right. and they were just uh, exemplary, um, stellar uh, employees and people. And So we brought this guy in and, and uh, gave him the same amount of trust and leeway, and he just took advantage of it. And we're, we're a small company, we're a family-owned company, so we don't have a lot of uh, the sophistication in terms of uh, financial guards that uh, the bigger corporations do. But we've just been built on trust, and so this guy was able to take advantage of it. We have um, uh, enough complexity in the business in that we have um, a big business in Costa Rica where we grow our own pineapple. We have a big pecan shelling plant, the world's largest, in Corsicana that we own a third of. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a, a data company in Dallas. We have... Um, small little mail order companies that are part and parcel of the Collins Street Bakery. All these are flowing into and out of the uh, finances. So it was kind of hard to spot. And uh, this guy was able to to make those uh, smart moves and, and keep them under the radar. Well, looking back at uh, Sandy Jenkins, you've described him as a Walter Mitty type. You know, yes. very unassuming, very quiet, under the radar Oh, yeah. Kind of a guy. But you I've been in your office suite and it's very open. The vibe is very warm and friendly and inviting. And and all of your corporate office, it looks like, they, you know, your your presidents and partners kind of open yeah. to the main. I mean, everything is very open, it's kind of like a newsroom. It reminded me of yeah. that openness <clears throat> and how he could over the course of 10 years be stealing $2 million a year from you and, and how he could even sleep at night. I mean, I don't understand the, have you had a chance to really look back and do some well, armchair psychology, you know, yeah, with this guy? Uh, a little bit. And, and one of the things that I remember now looking back is that he was always had some type of an ailment. Um, oh, really? Yes. His neck was always bothering him. His shoulders were bad. He'd go in and have these different operations. And I look back now and I realize, or I think, that's probably carrying all of that guilt physically. Uh, and it was just making him physically ill. And yeah. he was struggling with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had to know that eventually he was going to get caught. And that had to be just a weight on his mind. Um, but once he had taken that step, he couldn't undo it, and so he just kept going. I have done a lot of a lot of stories over the years about embezzling situations, and off you know a lot of them I can think of are little churches, you yeah. know, yeah. where the church secretary yeah. and maybe she had a bill came due, and she thought, oh, they're not going to, I'll take it out of petty cash, they'll never notice it, you know, and yeah. I'll pay it back. Right. And there's always the you know I'm going to make good on this. Well, I mean the uh, the numbers, Sandy was. Uh-huh skimming massive yeah. it got to where i think i read where neiman marcus stopped selling they, they ran out of things to sell him i mean yeah. he had the it boggles your mind how much stuff he was able to even buy agreed agreed <laughs> it, oh and he picked up the name cupcake um and then uh or may, i think he was he, fruitcake. he was fruitcake, he was his, fruitcake. Wife, his wife k was cupcake. was cupcake and i think it's interesting that k she says she didn't know. I mean, I don't, how do you 
how do you not how do you know, not know? on a what fifty thousand dollar year salary yeah, yeah. fifty thousand dollars a year every year she was getting a new lexus yeah brand new lexus uh they bought a home in new mexico and uh, on the mortgage statement, they said they claimed that he made, I believe, $500,000, oh. not 50000 And she signed that document. So she had, she had to have, to have seen that. that. Yeah. Well, she, anyway, she ended up getting probation. Yeah. I guess, is she still alive? She's still alive. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, he has passed away. He passed away in prison. In prison. And he was... He, he would have been about ready to get he'd out. He'd be about ready to get out. Right now. Um, but he, he committed suicide. Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, it it is just it's still very hard, even all these years later, to kind of wrap your head around um, what he what he was able to accomplish. I guess in a way, in buying all these Rolex watches and uh, the the private jet trips he took, yeah. hundreds of them, almost weekly. Yeah, and yet you all, I mean, you're working a lot across from him in. in we didn't socialize with him, and that yeah. was where he was able to go under the radar. Um, my business partner, Bob McNutt, and I um, uh, knew him as as our uh, accountant, and we never saw him a colleague, socially. But, a colleague, yeah. but we didn't see him socially. So we saw none of that. Um, uh, and, and, for example, when Kay would get her new car every year, well, she would get it exactly the same as it was the year before. So... An outsider would never notice she Wouldn't had a notice new car. It. Mm-hmm. She would know she was driving a new car, but no one else would. That was one of the little quirks that they did. And he had all these stories, um, seamless stories, that um, he inherited money, as did his wife. Well, and so how how do you check that? I mean, right. really. Yeah. You know, it's like you just you sort of take people at their word. But I think I, I heard you say you can only be embezzled by somebody you trust. That's it. That's it, it's a statement my dad made. And I, I was like, well, of course. But then you think about it. You, you get caught off guard, and then you realize, well, if only someone that you trust implicitly would be able to take that kind of money from you consistently. Yeah. Well, let's talk about how that all did come to light. It really, the heroine of the show yes, <laughs> is is uh, an, an accounting person uh-huh. who was brought on, and and she just thought there's something crazy about the way these checks are numbered. Right. right. So ha- So how did he do it? Well, so the advantage he had was, uh, unlike these bigger corporations that have uh, one person taking the checks in and another person writing checks and sending them out, uh, keeping that a separate issue, he was able to do both. Yeah. So he would see how much money was coming in and know how much money he could um, cut for himself. Yeah. And so that's the way you do it. And one thing. So that's been do, fixed. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you learn. Uh, but... Um, that's what he would do. So he would he would uh, get into the ledger, and he would write a check uh, to um, Neiman Marcus for ten thousand dollars for a watch, and he'd write that check, uh, cut it, uh, mail it out to Neiman's, and then in the ledger though he'd show that as a voided check. Oh, made a mistake. Uh huh. Made a mistake. And then he'd come down and he'd say check to Navarra Pecan Company for pecans ten thousand dollars, and so. He would take that check and just tear it up. But when they were checking the ledgers each month, the accountants would say, well, everything matches. We showed $10,000 going out. We showed $10,000 to Navarra Pecan. Everything looks good. Next chapter. And uh, that's how he was hiding 
those embezzlements? Well, she began to question, mm-hmm. and of course, she was hired and answered to Sandy. Right. Yes. <laughs> so she sees she sees something amiss, and she goes to him. She goes straight to him. Yeah. <laughs> so he's beginning to maybe get uh, an idea that. No, he knew that things were were coming to a head. Uh, as she tells the story, he panicked. Um, as you could tell right away. She, he, yeah. yeah. So she said, I, I, I don't understand what's going on with this check. It, it, uh, it doesn't, it's not right. And he says, oh, I know exactly what that is. Um, uh, it's a glitch in the computer. I can fix it. Just leave it here on my desk and I'll, I'll take care of it in the morning. And she said his face blanched. Yeah. And so she kept digging because she just, she saw something in his face. And she was able to find more and more checks. One thing she found that another scheme that he was doing was he would pay his credit card off with the uh, with checks. So he had a he had a card that we didn't the bakery did not have as a corporate card. Mm-hmm. He had as a personal card, and he would pay that off. And so those checks were showing up. And she was like, "What's this? We don't have that city card or whatever that credit card was." And so she realized that was an issue, too. So she dug up enough of those to show a problem. And instead of presenting to him because she didn't trust anymore, she went to his boss. Right. And we called him in the next day and fired him. Yeah, and that's, that's when the color really drank from his face. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, I understand he, he's, he's trying to come up with some defense of being bipolar or something. Yes, yes. He said, if I, yeah, if I claimed, uh, if, I have, if I'm bipolar... Does that give me a defense of any kind? And and uh, our two executives were like, "You need to take that up with the police." Or yeah, your knock attorney. yourself out. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, unbelievable. But so so he realizes he gets fired. I understand he and his wife. You know, he comes home and he says the money has dried up. Yeah. And so he gets bags full of Rolex watches and valuable items. Can you believe it? Yeah. And they head to their house other house in santa fe right uh i think or or they headed to their daughter's place in austin i'm not sure which um but that that is how uh the watches ended up in the lake in lake austin lake austin he rose out in the middle and dumps them but they weren't ruined i mean they were actually fished out right yeah they were fished fished out and and i'm assuming they're all they're all fine i mean we we were able to recover a lot of that and yeah. and have it sold and get some of our money back. Yeah, about what, four million maybe? About four million total back. out of the seventeen million that was taken. Yeah. So, unbelievable. You know, it's just yeah, it's just unbelievable. Well, you, you mentioned and I and I think, you know, it's 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 interesting that uh, the business the gentlemen who you know her, who were running it have been so proactive and thoughtful and intentional and in, in uh, the business and like ha- having in Costa Rica a resource for all the fruits yep. you know the pineapple and the papayas and all that that go into a fruitcake and pecans I mean you can see on the box you know covered with these beautiful luscious pecans um, to have your own pecan company so they've been very uh, you know intentional about about you know, having good good business practice. So yeah. when you're seeing, you know, we just should be making more money at the end of the year. Uh, what were those meetings like? Well, where you're trying to figure out what you know where the the leak is. Right, right. So again, it's it's a, we have a complex business with a lot of inflow and outflow of, right. of uh, money. So uh, when we started the year, uh, each year we 
typically uh, anticipate making about a million to $2 million. Good year, up to $2 million. And so we would start the year, well, it looks like we're gonna make about a million at least, and we'd finish the year, wait, we broke even, what happened? And so one year we thought, well, let's look into our, um, our margins, because yeah. we have a 200 plus products. Maybe our margins have slipped and maybe we're losing money when we think we're making money and that's where our problems are from. And, and so we checked our margins and that took about a year and everything seemed fine there. And so then we thought, well, maybe it's our inventory. Uh, we buy a whole lot of inventory and if some of it goes bad because it's all fourth quarter stuff and you get mm-hmm. too much flour, you get too many pecans and they age on you, then maybe that's where we're losing this money. And so we checked that, and that was not the case. And is it if, is someone stealing um, uh, inventory um, through the, the... Out of the warehouse. Of the warehouse. So, yeah, right. so we locked up the warehouse and finished it off. And <laughs> anyway, we were chasing this. We didn't know what it was. We were chasing it the whole time, and Sandy was sitting in on these meetings. So he could always be one step ahead. One step ahead and just say, oh, they're <sighs> looking into this now, and so... Yeah. Well, it, it makes for a fascinating story, and uh, I understand there was a screenplay, a feature movie, that was being talked about, Will Ferrell, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, Laura Derns, yep. starring as the Jenkins. Um, COVID happened, and that sort of went by the wayside, but now I understand that it might still be being shopped around. We're hearing the same thing. So, mm-hmm. um, in fact, we heard it was Zach Galifianakis uh-huh. and um, Mary McCarthy <laughs> had... had um, signed up to, to be yeah, they, yeah and they would be perfect right? <laughs> it would be perfect uh, but i think they've moved on as well but i think uh it's still out there in yeah. fact i checked with the production guy uh who's part of the team that that uh, found the script and is circulating through hollywood and he said it's still it's still alive and they're still trying to bring it to the finish line there's a lot of fascination about it and and there there has been a documentary i tried to find the documentary on discovery plus but it's not available yet but as soon as it comes back yes i want to watch it it's called a uh, fruitcake, fruitcake fraud, fraud is on on discovery plus uh-huh. and it should come out any day now they they had it released for quite a while and then they they let it uh, they let it go dormant and right. then they're bringing it back that's yeah, I figured they would around the holidays. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and, okay. and uh, every year after, so that'll okay. be um, uh, that will be helpful to the bakery because. So it, you're you're good with these well, kinds yes. of media. Uh, uh, yeah, we it it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it, it happened. Right. Um, uh, you know, God bless him, but um, you know, you can't you can't stop that kind of thing. You just yeah. go on, and we. We, we persevere. And, uh, well, I mean, honestly, the miracle is you, the business was able to yeah. withstand it. Yeah, uh, so true. Because so many, I mean, we saw COVID, you know, so many businesses ah. went under because of that, you know, relatively brief. And this was a 10-year yeah. embezzlement you guys were dealing with at Collins Street Bakery. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you.
Hey y'all, I'm April. Hi, I'm Caroline. And we have a new podcast for you. What's it called, Caroline? Uh, Bloody Happy Hour. It's going to be your new favorite guilty pleasure. We're going to talk about some bloody stuff. Serial killers. True crime. Rape. <laughs> Rapists. Why not join us? We'll have a good time. You literally never know. I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Bloody Happy Hour. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine, wine and vinyl. vinyl. So check us out on RogueMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. (laughs) Welcome to One Star Rewind a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. We want to um, talk a little bit about the history of this great country company because it's fascinating uh, to me um, how you originally were in a, a smaller uh, building yep. that was also a hotel right. on Collins Street in downtown, the old antique part, historic yes. Corsicana. Yep. Actually, uh, even before that, uh, we were at a smaller place still. It was uh, just a little corner bakery type thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and after about 10 years, it became, it was so successful that that's when they built the hotel on top of the, uh, sl- the larger facility. Oh, okay. All right. And then from there, we moved in the 60s, we moved to the current location, which is about 150,000 square feet of production uh, space and storage space. Yeah. The um, interesting thing to me was how your, your mail order business really happened because of John Ringling of the Ringling Brothers Circus. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So back back then, Corsicana was a boom town, an oil boom town. 
and lots of folks are coming through, um, entertainers coming through and entertaining all these um, uh, oil rig workers and stuff. Uh, and so John Ringling and his um, troop had come through, and they were staying in our hotel, and they'd get pick up fruitcakes, and they would take them with them when they went overseas, um, touring and traveling with their family and whatever. And they were handing out these fruitcakes to family and friends over there. Those folks were writing us saying, can you mail us another one of your fruitcakes? And that's how we attribute the business going through, uh, through the mail order and become so successful. Yeah, well, it, it was... Um it's a it's a food that has its uh, its roots really in the old company, country in Germany. Right. Um, let's see. His name was uh, Gus uh, Weidmann. Gus Weidmann. Weidmann uh-huh. you, you uh, from Wiesbaden, right. from Wiesbaden, <laughs> yeah. Germany. And uh, of course, I'm German. I and I, maybe that's why I love fruitcakes so much. My German roots are coming coming through. But yeah, the German influence in Texas is very strong. And yeah. and uh, this is a a favorite um, food from from Germany. And what made it perfect for the mail order business is the fact that it doesn't have to be refrigerated. I mean, it absolutely it's dried fruits and yeah, yeah. It's it was uh, homemakers invented it as a uh, this is before refrigeration, so they could just put it in a root cellar and then bring it out as mm-hmm. a celebratory. Or maybe soak cake. it down with a good yeah. alcohol and uh huh, and let and, and let it sit for. <laughs> do a you do of that months. to any? <laughs> we I don't like alcohol in my. Uh, fruit cake. food mm, yeah yeah i just don't um it kind of it gives it a little bit of a whack so uh, yeah. i don't do it uh, uh bob my business partner's dad who ran the bakery for years used to say that um adding for us to add liquor to fruitcake would be a ruination of both the uh, fruitcake and their good liquor <laughs> and so, the liquor <laughs> yeah so we never did it. Okay, uh, but you could choose to do it. If it you is want a to. thing. Yeah. Yes, it's a thing. You can do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it and it's it's nutritionally dense. I mean, it's it's pretty packed with calories. I mean, a little little piece will do you. Well, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> about a uh, half ounce is about a hundred calories. <laughs> but now what we do, what we're doing now, is we're trying to capitalize on that because mm-hmm. it is. It's 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 thirty um, percent pecans or almost thirty percent pecans, uh, and in all this fruit. We're trying to make a, um, a protein bar. Oh, good. Oh, we're actually not trying. We're making one. We just uh-huh. haven't come out with it yet. And yeah. we're capitalizing on that that dense calorie quality of, of fruitcake because it's just a natural. It's just like all those different power bars that they're out there in the market now. Yeah, your diversification is is uh, really remarkable in that, of course, you're, if you've been to the bakery, the one in Waco, you have uh, these, these roadside bakeries. Yes. Three or four of them, right? Four of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the cookies, and there's it's more than just fruitcake. Yeah. Uh, but you also have now these refrigerator cookies where you can uh, break apart and bake yourself. That's my kind of baking. Oh, there you go. That's <laughs> brand new for us. Yeah. I, th- I Well, we saw those being made, those being my TV story as well. Of course, the uh, pecan brittle talked about that. Um, but rolls, yeast rolls, I mean, breads. Another thing I want to to talk about is the connection with a uh, White House baker. I just think this is a fabulous Isn't story. That wild. So uh, the longest serving White House chef is a gentleman named Roland Mesnier who has since passed away. But uh, we, we had several friends within the White House that knew him. And when we found out that he was going to retire, we contacted him and said, would you be willing to uh, work with the bakery? And he was. And he came down, and, and each year he would 
work in our kitchens and come up with different uh, ideas, different uh, recipes, and a lot of them are still on our shelves now. Well, yeah, they're the book. Pick, I think a pumpkin cake that was Bill Clinton's favorite. Yeah, it's called the Presidential Pumpkin Cake. You can, <laughs> you, you can buy it online or you can buy it in their stores. Yeah. Um, pumpkin bread. He has uh, uh, different recipes for our just our case cakes that are just fantastic. Uh, he invented a recipe for chocolate. We have a very yes, high end right here. I have style chocolate. Yeah, we I got video of the of the little fruit cake bites being covered in a. a curtain of chocolate yes uh, yes yeah but it's the only place you can taste that chocolate because uh-huh. it's a special exactly yeah you can only formulation. get it from us and he's the one who came up with that recipe <laughs> yeah so we were blessed knew him for years um he just passed away this past year really yeah but he was a wonderful man french, well, a french baker through and through just a, a remarkable story uh so many ways collins street bakery has been has been blessed really yeah. Through the years True. and and protected <laughs> yeah. in a very special way. Well, I like to end these uh, these broadcasts with a little questionnaire. It's similar to the one that uh, the late great James Lipton would use on Inside the Actors Studio. So, yeah. here we go. Okay. What is your favorite word? Ah, uh, wow. Don't you say fruitcake? <laughs> what is my favorite? <laughs> May I say delicious? Ah, uh, there you go. It works for me. There. What about your least favorite word? Oh, oh, squat. Okay, that's a yeah, first for me. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've always felt squat's a little bit rough word. <laughs> okay, all right. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Uh, creativity itself. Uh, I, I thrill at the creative aspects of my job, and I get to do that a lot, and uh, I love it. I'm uh, through and through. Well, I'm left-handed, and I blame that on my creativity or, <laughs> or vice versa. But, no, I, I love being creative. It's what uh, gives me the juice. Yeah, and you, you kind of grew up there at Collins Street Bakery. I did, I did. I mean, your dad was, dad and joined you got to work with him. Six years, yeah, when yeah. I was about six years old, he joined the bakery. And I worked with him hand-in-hand uh, hand for over a decade. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he retired there but stayed, kept his office. And was actually he was there till the very end. Uh, yeah. He he stopped coming to work um, a couple of months and then and eventually succumbed to cancer. Mm. What turns you off creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Hmm, that's a tough one. What turns me off? Uh, I guess when people ram an idea down your throat. Yeah. Yeah. I've kind of heard similar sentiments to that from, from other people. What sound do you love the most? <laughs> Music. Okay. Good. Yeah. It works for me. Yeah. Uh, what sound do you hate? Oh, gosh. Uh, sirens. Yeah. Yeah, horns blasting. What other profession would you have liked to try? Well, I have to tell you, when I was a kid, I thought I was going to be an archaeologist. So I've always talked about that. Um, and then I decided I wanted to be a, um, a psychiatrist. Hmm. And I had that idea for a while, even in college. And uh, I just never pursued it. I ended up getting in the business that my dad was in, and, uh, and it's been a perfect fit. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. What job do you know you would not want to do? Uh, working outdoors in the summer. Yeah. 
<laughs> in Texas, especially. Yeah. Holy mackerel. <laughs> Makes you appreciate yeah. those, those folks that do. Well, finally, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, welcome, Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> we were waiting for you. <laughs> well, you have just uh, been a delight, and I, I so appreciate you telling the story, because when I've talked to people, like, oh, I'm going to Collins Street Bakery and do a traveling Texas on that, you know, what, you know, they want to know, uh, still in business. Oh, yeah, yeah it's very much still yeah. in business because I think it was such a big story and it was such a massive amount of loss. Yeah. It's it's really remarkable. The business is doing just great. Ah, it is. It is. Uh, thanks to the uh, the loyal customers that we have. It's the, They are fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, my, my mother would always go and buy fruitcake. That was what she would get Gallon Street Bakery fruitcakes to give. We, we always knew we were going to have a fruitcake. <laughs> I so I guess I'm keeping that same traditional. Please do. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hayden, thank you so much. It's been a delight. Thank you, Ann. Appreciate and it. And thank you for being with us. We'll see you again on Central Texas Life. Bye-bye. Central Texas Life with Ann Harder is part of the Rogue Media family. Be sure to check out our other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Please rate this show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Life with Ann Harder.